Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, it's just going 19 minutes past five. If you've just joined us, you're on the afternoon overdrive. 101.9 Hi FM is where you are. And welcome aboard. Well, also to um, welcoming aboard now a newcomer, you could say, to the afternoon overdrive to tell us all about what is happening in Israel right now. Emily Schrader, Israel correspondent. Emily, welcome aboard. Great to meet you telephonically. Hi, nice to meet you and glad to be here. Yeah, great to have you on board, Emily. So plenty happening. I was just mentioning earlier on in the show how Israel has made the front pages of various or numerous, should I say, newspapers and platforms both here and abroad. Let's start with looking at the operation in Jenin. What is the latest on this? So basically last night the IDF launched a formal operation, both a ground operation and with airstrikes, um, targeting the Palestinian Islamic Jihad infrastructure and the terrorists themselves mm-hmm. that are operating inside of Janine. Now, unfortunately, they sort of hijacked the entire city. Uh, a lot of the recent attacks that we've seen against Israeli civilians in the past month have been from terrorists based in Janine. And even when they're not based in Janine, they have sought refuge in Janine uh, in various uh, hiding places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just literally a few minutes ago, before I came to this interview, I saw that the IDF had actually uncovered a uh, explosives lab in one of the sites that they were raiding in Janine with hundreds of explosive devices already prepared and ready to go. So there are uh, there are uh, a number of troops on the ground conducting a fairly significant counterterror operation. And um, we do know that there's been Mm -hmm. about uh, eight casualties so far. Seven are confirmed to be terrorists. But all, obviously, these numbers are being updated all the time with uh, with the current events. So that is the the situation right now, on the ground. Okay, so this this looks like wow. This is this seems it seems if it's going to be a somewhat prolonged operation, uh, judging from what exactly what you've just uh, mentioned now. Um, so we've got the IDF uh, in operation. Do we have the Israeli Air Force also in operation? Because they had introduced you know certain types of aircraft to at least contain such uh, situations. Is the IAF also visibly uh, active in this? Yeah. So this is one of the things that actually makes this operation a little bit different than Mm, what we've seen mm. in, you know, Judea and Samaria, the West Bank previously. And that is that they did launch this operation with airstrikes late last night. And that is highly unusual for the IDF activity in the West Bank, despite the fact that, you know, there are arrests and there have been counter-terror raids. Usually we don't see airstrikes in Janine. And I think that's really a testament to the fact that we have a different level of investment Mm -hmm. from the Islamic Republic of Iran. Um, Just in recent weeks, we saw that Islamic Jihad leaders were physically in Iran meeting with the leaders of the regime there. Khomeini himself tweeted just, I think it was last week uh, or two weeks ago perhaps, that uh, arming the West Bank is one of their priorities. Mm -hmm. And we've seen on all of Israel's borders that this is an orchestrated effort being done by the Islamic Republic. So it's not really surprising, but, you know, Israel has to do what they have to do in order to to protect our civilians. So this is a somewhat somewhat reactive in the sense that there have been a lot of terrorist incidents, Mm -hmm. but it's also uh, proactive in the sense that the IDF is going in to root out some of this um, 
newly established uh, terrorist activity on the ground in Jenin that threatens so many Israelis on on the ground. Sure, indeed, Emily. And of course, now uh, Israeli politicians are weighing in on the situation and making it absolutely clear from Israel's position and stance that these are specific uh, terrorist, uh, shall we say, uh, pin, pinpoint uh, activities and not directed uh, recklessly at anyone else. Absolutely. I mean, I think from the beginning... We saw precision airstrikes. Uh, the IDF, as usual, is doing everything they can to avoid civilian casualties. But from the rhetoric and the responses that I've seen, you know, on mm. social media and even in some of the media, there has been, in some cases, intentional misreporting about what's happening on the ground. Earlier today, the Palestinian sources claimed that a theater, a cultural theater in Janine was targeted in a strike. This was absolutely false. In fact, the IDF actually released... Um, aerial footage of that uh, mm-hmm. that exact building proving that it wasn't the case but as things go with social media these days it spreads to it can spread to a million people before people really hear the truth of what's happening so we are dealing mm-hmm. with some mm-hmm. misinformation and disinformation sure. when it comes to this conflict Emily let's just rewind a little you spoke of Iran's funding of the West Bank that focus the focus on that part of the world let's just unpack that a bit more is this really really escalating now to to a, a highly a highly concerning point as compared to previous uh, previous times I think that the Islamic Republic has been more aggressive and more active than in recent years, um, and there's definitely a number of reasons for that. The first is, of course, they're pursuing nuclear weapons, as, oh. as we all know, whether mm-hmm. or not they admit it. Um, and they have come to sort of a, a point where the West needs to act, not just because of the human rights violations which are occurring and the protests that are happening within Iran, but because they are getting very, very close to actually having a nuclear weapon. You know, the whole... Sure discussion of an Iran deal now is talking about leaving the uh, uranium enrichment at uh, at 60%, which right. actually, uh, what's left out of the reports, that's actually 90% of what's needed mm-hmm. for a nuclear weapon. So they are very, very close to a nuclear mm-hmm. weapon. Um, and I think that that is not just a tool because they want to destroy Israel, but it's also a tool for them to be able to establish themselves as a regime that isn't going to be taken out, sort of mm. what we saw with North Korea. And I think it's more important now than ever that the uh, West responds very strongly, not necessarily militarily, but mm-hmm. responds, in, responds in a strong way that prevents uh, the obtainment of a nuclear weapon in mm-hmm. the hands of the Islamic Republic, because that will be disastrous for everyone, literally the entire world, including the Iranian people. <laughs> to put and it as a result of the pressure, mm-hmm. of course, the, the pressure that's being increased on the Islamic Republic, also from within, from their own people, um, we have seen that they have tried to detract from their own failures right. by blaming Israel and by shifting the focus to the discussion of the United States or Europe, but primarily Israel. That has been their their number one scapegoat since the regime came into power 44 years ago. Mm. And we've seen that increase over the past few years, in particular with the funding of Hamas in Gaza, of Islamic Jihad in the West Bank and Gaza, of Hezbollah in Lebanon, and also in Syria, yeah. uh, and a number of different terrorist organizations on Israel's borders from pretty much every border. 
Sure. So this is a strategy. This is a plan of the Islamic Republic. I don't know that we're at the situation in which we're going to have an all-out war, but definitely the IDF is doing what's necessary right now to prevent sure. further escalation because we don't want to get to a situation in which the West Bank is essentially a mm-hmm. proxy of the, entirely of right. the Islamic Republic because that would be not only disastrous for Israelis, of course, well, but frankly for Palestinians as well. Well, there you go. We don't want that as a springboard in heaven. Heaven forbid, as you say, we don't want any nuclear proliferation happening in that part of the world. Emily, we can only hope and pray that we talk a different positive story as of tomorrow. Emily, we do have to move on. Let's look at the uh, judicial reform protests. So what's going on there at the moment? So it's been a very, very busy few months. There have been protests continuously for dozens of weeks now. Um, every Saturday night, there's a very big crowd that comes out um, in mm-hmm. the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. However, the last week, things have uh, heated up quite a bit, including today. Actually, again, as I was coming into this interview, I saw that a few protesters had been arrested at the airport. Today, they organized a major demonstration Mm-hmm. Um, with the explicit intent, their stated intent, to uh, delay or disrupt flights from being able to take off from Ben-Gurion Airport. And the reason for these protests uh, initially was the issue of judicial reform. Uh, different groups have participated and, and had different reasons for why they're involved with it. But generally, it's an anti-government, as in the anti coalition sure. uh, protest. Um, there's people there for a number of different reasons, as I mentioned, but the protest today does seem to be uh, more extreme than mm-hmm. what we have seen okay. in recent weeks, um, and certainly more aggressive. We oh, haven't boy. seen anything that's sort of disrupting the normal um, day-to-day life other than maybe a little bit of extra traffic. Yeah. Uh, but the intentional attempt to disrupt flights is something different. Uh, I know there have been arrests. Uh, there was a report that the, that the police will be bringing in water cannons to disperse some of the protests that are occurring because they're blocking the arrivals hall in Ben-Gurion Airport, like right now as we speak. Wow. Uh, so that is an ongoing issue. In terms of the reform in itself, um, I know that there have been negotiations that are going on. Uh, at the end of the day, I think that the best solution is that no one is going to be 100% happy. Sure. Um, because at some point, these two opposing sides on this issue are going to have to compromise. Both are going to have to compromise in some capacity. Uh, but it remains to be seen what, what that will look like. Obviously, this is a very heated mm. and, and, and tense time within Israeli society as well. Indeed, Emily. Emily, I just wish we could unpack this issue about uh, how well Israel football is doing at the moment since the under-20 World Cup. And of course, now by virtue of qualifying for the semifinals, I think it's a Euro under-21, they've qualified for the Olympics, but we're going to have to leave it there. Suffice it to say, I'm sure you'll join me and others in wishing them all the very best and congratulations in what uh, they have achieved uh, in the world of football. Emily, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon to give us the load on what's happening in Israel right now. And great to have you on board. Emily Schrader, Israel correspondent, standing in for Rolling Marks today, telling us the latest on what's happening in the Holy Land right now.